Good morning and happy Sunday. Welcome to Below the Surface. I'm your host, Terry Wilkinson. Now, last week we talked about triggers um, and being triggered. And I talked a little bit about my experience in terms of how I've been dealing with triggers and learning to be um, vulnerable and things like that. Um, And this week I want to talk about what I would call a controversial um, topic emotional unavailability. I say controversial because I know that from my perspective, um, as I go into detail, I think a lot of women, especially women, I say women because um, this was a hard thing for me to sort of explore because I'm used to the man being emotionally unavailable. And if someone asks me, um, you know, some time ago, did I think that I, or do I think that I'm emotionally unavailable? I would say, of course not. No, it's, it's, it's the man. He's not able to do X, Y, Z. He's not changing. He's not meeting my needs. Um, and so that's why I say this is controversial because bear with me ladies, but it's going to take us down, um, I would say a reflective lane, um, where we can sort of assess, is it he or is it we? So let's dive in. Okay, so I've been going through this extremely painful adjustment period. I've had a lot happen over the last few months, um, particularly when it comes to loss, um, dealing with some grief and things like that. Um, and through that, I had decided to engage in therapy. Um, and while I've been to therapy before and I've had a therapist and I've learned different things and different tools, um, this time around, it was much different than what I'm used to. Um, because this time it really, not that I didn't do it before, but it really had me thinking about things in a whole new um, light. Particularly because what's different this time is I'm different this time. I'm not the same person that I was years ago. Um, I'm not the same person that I was months ago. A lot has happened. Um, particularly, I lost, or specifically rather, I lost my dad this past March. Um, and that that changed me. It changed me. It changed the way I see the world in a like. I mean, it flipped my whole world upside down in a way that I wasn't used to. Um, Up until that point, I thought I had a lot of things under control and I thought that I had healed from a lot. Um, But through the passing of my dad, a lot of my past trauma, a lot of my um, things that I was suppressing, it all showed up to the surface. Um, And so dealing with that, I recognized that, you know, this isn't something that I can handle on my own. And so I sought help. Um, to be able to work through those feelings, those emotions, and things like that. Um, so I say extremely painful because it has been extremely painful because I've had to go deep within and figure some things out. And then going deep within and figuring some things out, I learned something new about myself that I had never considered before. It happened out of nowhere. Um, I had a session with a therapist and she asked me about my past relationships um, and whether or not I felt like the man was emotionally unavailable or if I was emotionally unavailable. 
And I, I was like, oh, well, it, it was definitely, you know, the men. They were emotionally unavailable men and um, they weren't able to give me the things that I needed. Um, and I would try to be patient and wait for things, but I just wasn't getting what I needed from them in order to feel like, you know, we were in a two-way relationship um, and able to, you know, have some sort of reciprocity. And then she asked me to consider um, the patterns or reflect on the patterns of my relationships um, and how they reflect the relationships with my parents. And then I'm like, what? You know, like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Like, and so she said she she guided me um, through reflecting on my relationships. And so I had to sort of um, really analyze and be honest, like, take an honest look at the relationships that I've had um, as a grown person um, and then looking back at my relationships with my parents. And unfortunately, um, not because they had ill will, um, but both of my parents, you know, they weren't able to be a certain way with us um, in terms of feelings, communicating and validating feelings and um, being emotionally available themselves. Um, and so in consequence, I learned how to be in situations where my needs weren't getting met. And that in consequence showed up in my relationships, well, not just, um, men and romantic partners, but also in friendships, it created unhealthy patterns and friendships and relationships with other family members. Um, and it became something that I was not even aware of. While I had made transitions in like boundaries um, and the way in which I operate with people and maybe not engaging in certain dysfunction, I had not realized that I still had a few relationships in my life right now that I could say where I am not um, getting my needs met in those situations. And it's due to my constant need to sort of make myself available to people who are not available to me. And so I had to do some work. And when I say do some work, I mean, it's been a lot of prayer. <laughs> it's been a lot of therapy, a lot of journaling, um, and a lot of giving it to God, like, and asking for the strength and wisdom from above because uh, it's not an easy task to do. But I took some time and I really analyzed this situation. And then I realized um, while I might be dating men who are emotionally unavailable, um, I myself unconsciously have been unavailable. Unavailable. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow. So let's talk about me being unavailable. What do I mean about being unavailable? I'm still learning how to be vulnerable um, and where to be vulnerable and who to be vulnerable with. And honestly, um, I appear to have it all together sometimes to most people. And I used to think that that was a strength and a compliment. Um, but the reality is that my appearance of always having it together or looking like I have it together sometimes gives the impression to people that I'm okay. And so because of that, people can't read my mind 
they don't know all of the internal struggles that I have going on. They don't know um, what my trials and tribulations are until I open my mouth and say so. And so asking for help or asking for support or um, asking someone to be there for me or just to sit with me is not something that I've always been comfortable doing. And so I have been unavailable to people because I had the expectation that they could read my mind. And when they couldn't read my mind or couldn't um, show up for me in a way where they could do what I want them to do when they couldn't read my mind, I ultimately have been setting them up to fail. Because the expectation, as particularly when it comes to women sometimes, we expect people to read our minds. People cannot read our minds. Sometimes we have to open our mouths to ask for what we need. And no matter how long you've been in a relationship with someone or um, how long you've been interacting with a person. They may know you to a certain degree, but that does not mean that you should not ask for what you need. We often hear the statement in the black community, um, closed mouths don't get fed, but we don't apply that when it comes to emotions or being vulnerable or relationships. We apply it to like tangible things that we can buy or need or have to have. Um, and so we don't think about it as a cost associated with not opening our mouths and asking for the things that we need emotionally. Um, and so I didn't create a space for people, let alone myself, um, to be vulnerable. So therefore, I was unavailable. As I talk about being unavailable, I'm talking about it from the perspective of having a wall up. Uh, many of us, that wall was built from various different things in life. Um, past experiences, past relationships, our childhood, our trauma, those things have built a wall around us. And that wall that we've built um, has often led to us dealing with people who also have walls up. Um, and so we are there trying to love each other. If you can try to, ex I mean, to try to imagine um, two people standing at a wall. Um, if you've ever watched that Netflix show, I forget, it's like Love is Blind and they're like in between the wall and they're trying to like get to know one each other and whatever. But just imagine a wall like that and both people have a wall and in between is that narrow gap and you're never getting to the person. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love this. I love that. Yeah, we, we want this. We want that. But you're never getting past that wall. I mean, it's almost impossible. Like, unless you're a robot, like, it's impossible to have a relationship like that with someone. But a lot of times in relationships where we are unavailable, we will constantly be trying to make relationships with people who we know we can't grow close with. And so, like, unconsciously, we keep trying at something that we know already is something that won't work. And so what part of us gets comfortable in settling? And for me... Um, a lot of that came from my childhood. It came from the, the need to want to be seen, the need to want to keep trying um, in terms of, you know, like if I didn't keep trying or I didn't keep trying to make something work, then, you know, I, I almost felt not good enough. And so I kept trying at things because I felt that for a relationship to work, it would mean that I would need to give up something or I would need to be um, supportive, or I would need to do certain things. And the reality of the situation is I don't need to do any of those things. I'm deserving of love all by myself. Um, true love is a love that comes from, it comes from the heart and it comes with nothing. Like you don't need to do anything to get it.
That's the kind of love that doesn't like perish and doesn't go anywhere. You don't need any conditions to be able to get it. And so um, through friendships, actually, um, with some of my best friends, I've really been through a serious transformation in my friendships um, as of late. And I would credit that um, as the reason that I've been able to really open up emotionally um, and really tap into where I have deficits in terms of me being available and me not settling and how that determines my own self-worth. I really had to look at how not being available has affected my self-worth and how trying to make myself available to people who are not available to me diminishes that. My self-esteem, um, not feeling worthy, not intentionally on the other person's part, but it was really something that I had to look at um, intrinsically, like what's going on inside of me that I keep trying to make situations work that I know can't work. And why do I think I deserve less? Um, Having those real conversations with yourself is not something that I think is easy. And so it's been painful for me. It's been something that um, is still a work in progress. When I am approached with relationships or um, having to deal in certain situations now, I really have to take time and take a step back and really evaluate, is this something that will be good for me? Am I settling here? And it doesn't mean always um, relationships, um, like romantic relationships. It can be friendships. It can be relationships with family members. It can be a job. What are you not making yourself available to on account of what you really feel in the inside in terms of not feeling worthy of certain opportunities? There was a song I used to listen to when I was little. It was called um, Somebody. Actually, when I was around 10 years old, um, Mary Mary was like my Beyonce. I love them. I love the Thankful album. I still listen to it to this day, and it is like my favorite album. Um, it gets me through anything. But there's this song that says somebody. Like anybody knows somebody, somebody who will love anybody. Even if you're just a nobody, you know somebody. And that somebody for me is God. Like no matter what, no matter where, no matter who, no matter how, like, God always loves me. Um, and he always thinks that I'm worthy. In every situation where I may have felt like an earthly person did not give me something that I needed or um, doesn't know my value, God has always known my value. And he has always reminded me of my value. Even when I couldn't accept that that's what he wanted me to do, or that's what he thinks I'm worthy of. He has put me in situations time and time again where he has shown me, this is what I want for you. This is what I think you deserve. And if he can think that I'm so deserving of these things, why can't I? Um, and I think for me, a lot of the reasons why I had a, I had trouble um, in the beginning, even being able to pray on a consistent basis was because I did not always have the ability to show up as myself, even when I was talking to God. And it's crazy because like he can see, by all accounts, everything that I do. Um, and so how is it that I can't come to him and say what I'm really feeling or how I'm really thinking or what was really in my heart when he already knows it? Um, it's just about saying it out loud. 
But the more that I practice being able to be vulnerable with God and being vulnerable with myself in terms of like really owning my raw emotions, the more I have been able to open up with other people um, and to know when or have the discernment to know when to actually talk to certain people about certain things and to recognize when to bring my wall down. Slowly but surely, I've been chipping at my own wall and making space for myself to be vulnerable, particularly right now. Um, as a mother, that has been something that I'm working on with my own children, being able to show up as myself, not keep it all together all the time, show them what it looks like in real life to be me um, so that they know that it's OK for them to show up and be emotional and know who they are um, and not be silent. I suffered a lot because of silence um, in my family, but I pray that my next generation doesn't have to go through that. I pray that we can be more open and we can be more forthcoming with the things that trouble us. Because being able to do that allows for other people to really support us. For those who really care about us and those who are maybe not perfect, it's not to say that people won't hurt you or they won't say certain things. Um, but on what I'm learning is like people who love you, they might say something or do something that might hurt you. But it's about intent. And so the wall doesn't have to go up because somebody says something that you don't like. When somebody loves you and cares about you, that means that they're going to tell you the truth. And if you can't accept the truth because of your own ego or because you feel as though that wasn't their place, the reality of the situation is you need to go do some work. And that's not always easy. I've had a friend that I've, I have I will give advice to and I would have the best advice and I would be able to advise her and say this and say that. Um, and then the moment that she comes to me with something, it's like, oh man, that hurts. But the reality is I accept that because that's what I needed. That's what I needed to be able to grow. She was being honest with me because she loves me and because she cares about me. Um, and so when we're honest with ourselves and we love and care about ourselves in that way and take care of ourselves, we become more free in this world and being able to allow ourselves to come into alignment with who we're, who we're trying to be and who God has called us to be. And so this week, I would encourage you to look at your deficits. Where are you unavailable? Where could you be doing better when it comes to relationships? And are you displaying it? Not just for your children or for... um you know, just for intimate settings, but where are you displaying your vulnerability so that it is not something that plagues you, but it is something that becomes your superpower? This week, be intentional. Notice how you interact with other people and really take a hard look at how you love yourself. Not the, you know, bogus self-care stuff where we go, we get our nails done, we get our hair done, we feel good about ourselves. Yeah, that's cool. But on the inside, what do we do to fill up on the inside? And how do we really love ourselves? In the words of the great Maya Angelou, in the flush of love's light, we dare be brave. And suddenly we see that love costs all we are and will ever be. Yet it is only love which sets us free. Set yourself free. This was another episode of Below the Surface. Have a great week.